Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. And in today's episode of Weekly Poker Hand, episode 68, I'm going to be showing you how to adjust once you have a very maniacal image. And this is the final hand of the five hand mini series that I have taken from the early stages of this 5,000 euro buy in European Poker Tour main event. And in this hand, I recognize that I have a crazy image and I'm going to capitalize on that. This concept is actually discussed in depth by Matt Affleck in the book that I recently produced with all of these authors, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. And it really is important to be aware of what people think about you. If they think you're a super net, you need to be bluffing. And if they think you are blatantly out of line, you need to make sure you show up with a very good hand. I'm going to be doing a live webinar with each of these authors over the next year. And I highly recommend you get in them. There are actually going to be two webinars with each author. One will be completely free and the other one will be a paid webinar, a little bit more in depth, a little bit longer, but you can sign up to get into those webinars for free and also to get a free bonus chapter of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em at hold'embook.com, H-O-L-D-E-M-B-O-O-K.com. I definitely suggest you sign up and check it out. If you enjoy this podcast, I promise you will love this book and you will love the webinars. So make sure you check that out. So I just got caught bluffing for a lot of chips and my opponents probably think I'm crazy. I have been very active throughout this day so far and I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. If you are not watching these videos on jonathanlittlepoker.com, by the way, recognize you can do that. If you're listening on iTunes or the Stitcher app, you can only hear what I'm saying. And there is a video that goes along with each of these hands. So if you have a hard time visualizing the hands, or if you lose track of my cards or anything like that, definitely watch the videos. I, I upload the videos because... It, it makes it, the hands much easier to follow. And I recognize that listening to poker advice through audio is sometimes difficult. So anyway, we're playing 100, 200. I have 21,000 chips in the hijack seat. A tight aggressive French kid raises from second position to 450. There are antis in play at this point, a 25 ante. So I'm probably going to be calling with this ace eight suited. I could also see three betting being fine. And I think three betting to 1100 would actually be my default play. But whenever you have a crazy image, you don't really want to be three betting because you have to expect to get four bet a lot. A lot. And I'm not trying to get four bet with ace eight suited. So loose aggressive Asian kid, same guy from earlier who I bluffed, although he doesn't know that I bluffed him, but he's probably starting to suspect that given I just ran a check raise flop bet turn bet river bluff in the previous episode. He's probably starting to suspect that I am not in here with only the nuts. He makes it 1400. And again, he's been very active so far. He got his double up with four or three of spades when he raised under the gun and called a three bet. So he's getting after it. Tight aggressive French kid calls a thousand more. And I'm going to go ahead and call a thousand more. Even though I don't love my hand at this point, I'm going to be severely dominated. But if I get a flush, draw, two pair, etc., I can be very happy. So I do get one of those. It comes ace, eight, five, two diamonds, one spade. So I have a backdoor flush draw, but more importantly, top two pair. So I'm loving this. I'm definitely more than happy to play for my stacks. And if I somehow lose, that's fine. So loose aggressive Asian kid checks the big blind. And that usually makes me think he's giving up. Although he could be slow playing, but really what's he slow playing on this board given I have ace eight? I mean, he could have pocket fives, but that's very unlikely. So usually he has a hand like pocket 
queens, jacks, tens, nines, or something like king, queen, king, jack, that he's just giving up. Tight aggressive French kid also checks, and that's unfortunate for me. At this point, I recognize I'm probably not getting a lot of action in this hand, but I still want to bet because with two diamonds on the flop, I don't really want to check and let one of the players randomly improve his equity a significant amount. Like say I am against someone who has pocket queens with a queen of diamonds. If it goes check, 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 and the turn's a diamond, now instead of my opponent being drawing nearly dead, now he has 25% equity or so. And I don't really want to let my opponents improve to that for free. Also, if someone does have a hand like pocket queens, they'll call a small bet on the flop. So I do exactly that. I bet 1700 This is a stab I would make with a lot of hands in this scenario when my opponents check to me. And it's a cheap bluff that will work a decent amount of the time, but obviously I'm hoping it does not work this time. And given my opponents think I am very active, I'm very, very happy to bet. I'm definitely not trying to slow play. If my opponents thought I was very straightforward and tight and passive, then I think checking behind here would be acceptable. Because if you bet, they are going to fold a lot of the time. But whenever you have a crazy image, they simply are not going to fold. So I make 1700 I bet 1700 Then, to my surprise... Loose aggressive Asian kid raises to 3,400. So a check min raise. <laughs> I have no clue what this means. I mean, this this is, uh, it, I mean, it looks strong. It looks like he's trying to get action. But at the same time, I, I know that I have the nuts, so I don't really care too much about that. His range is probably hands like ace, king, ace, queen, and then draws, I guess. And also some complete air, like king, queen, or something like that. So... Uh, initial raiser folds, and I like to re-raise back for, to 5,100, which looks to be a touch more than the stone minimum. I think minimum would be to 4,800, so I do just a little bit more than the minimum. This leaves me with 15,000 in my stack and 5,000 as my bet. It's very important when you re-raise in this spot, assuming you decide to re-raise, that you re-raise very small to give your opponent plenty of room to bluff, if he is bluffing, or to call with a hand that's drawing nearly dead like ace king the last thing i want to do is go all in or something like that and give my opponent the opportunity to fold unless i was very convinced he had a hand like ace king or ace queen that he would never fold if i jammed because obviously if he'll just stick his whole stack in right now when he's drawing thin that's a great result but given this loose aggressive asian kid loves to splash around loves to be aggressive he could easily be bluffing and if he's bluffing I do not want to let him get off the hook. And obviously, if I go all in or re-raise large, he's going to fold a ton of the time. So you may be concerned with protecting versus the various draws on ace-8-5. Of course, he could just have random 7-6, and now he'd be getting an amazing press to draw. But your main goal, especially against loose aggressive players, is to induce bluffs. You're not trying to protect your hand because you really don't need to protect your hand. Of course, sometimes your opponent will be drawing fairly live, like when he has a flush draw. But most of the time, he's going to be almost completely dead. So he goes all in. And at this point, he's played his hand as if it is an incredibly strong hand. But that does not matter because I have the nuts. And it's kind of interesting to think what other hands would I actually play in this manner. And I don't think I'm playing any hands in this manner besides sets and two pair. And I'm happily getting in with all of them. So if my opponent is bluffing, I, I hate his line. Because... I know that in my shoes, I am never, ever bluffing. <laughs> and again, this goes back to what I mentioned in the previous episode about how you do not need to be balanced at all whenever you're playing against random guys who do not know you and who you probably will never play with again. 
your main concern will be purely to induce the action that you want. And this is exactly what I want. So we are very happy with that. Um, yeah. So knowing I'm never bluffing, I love this spot. I'm happy to see my opponent jamming. It's kind of interesting that if my opponent knows I'm never bluffing, <laughs> then this actually becomes a much more difficult spot because I do lose to the most obvious hands that my opponent could have being sets. But I'm still happily getting it in here. Ace-8 is very, very good on Ace-8-5. So I call it off, no problem. My opponent shows Jack of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs, which makes absolutely no sense to me. He decided to completely lose his mind. And I don't know if he was actually bluffing or if he was convinced I must have a draw because I decided to re-raise small. I don't know what he was doing. I, clearly, he, he lost his mind with the pocket jacks and we got re and I got rewarded. It's kind of interesting that if he check calls the flop, as I think he probably should, on the turn, I'm definitely going to bet again. Turn was an eight or if, you know any turn card comes. He probably needs to fold at that point because then he, lose to any, he loses to any ace and any eight. He still beats some of the draws, but... That's the spot where I should not be bluffing too often. So in this scenario, I recognized my image, right? I knew that my opponents thought that I was crazy. And my opponent sitting on in the big blind, he also thought I was crazy. So I recognize exactly what my opponents were thinking. And so I adjusted to that by tightening up. I recognized I was not going to be running a big bluff anytime in the near future. And my opponents did not recognize that. They thought I was just purely a maniac. <laughs> and so if your opponents think you're a maniac, but in reality you're playing very tight, you're going to get paid off huge whenever you get a good hand. So if you happen to find yourself in a scenario where you have a crazy image, either because you are crazy or because you just happen to have a lot of hands that either didn't go to showdown or you played a lot of big pots, but the only one that your opponent saw was a bluff, whenever that's the case, you really want to tighten up because people think you're just going to continue to be crazy. Whatever your opponents think you're going to do, make sure you do the opposite. I hope you've enjoyed this five-part mini-series where we went through these hands from the early levels of the 5,000 euro European Poker Tour main events. If you like hands that are a little bit more of a series compared to just standalone hands, please let me know. I'm happy to try to piece together hands like that so that you can follow along the action and recognize the image that I happen to have. Or if you like standalone hands where you don't have to remember what happened the last few episodes, let me know that as well. Be sure to check out my book, Jonathan Littles, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. You can get the book at hold'embook.com. Check it out. Please let me know what you think about it. I worked really hard on it. And if you love this podcast, or if you even kind of like this podcast, I know you will thoroughly enjoy the book. So check it out and let me know what you think. Thank you very much for being here and listening to me today. I'll talk to you next time.